Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Why don't you put your hand on your chest and say it with me? Say, Lord, I expect. So I am going to act. For the rest of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. So I'm speaking this morning. On. Act. Because you expect. Number one. The power. Of expectation. Number two. Aligning your actions and attitudes. Number three, acting because you expect. So, number one, let's talk about expectation. I remember I was at Pando when they first told me we were coming to Accra. I couldn't sleep the whole night. When I entered the bus, I rubbed my eyes so that I could see everything and tell my classmates that I've gone to Accra. So when we arrived in Accra, I made sure I saw everything. And of course, when I went back to school, I'm from Accra. But one day, I went for a fast at Mama Taylor's place when she was at the Bon Research Farms. And my elder at that time, those of you who know him, elder John Adam, late, he told me that, Pastor, when you finish the fast, that day, I will be passing to Accra. So wait for me at, at Impoku, so that when I'm passing by, I will pick you. I finished the fast. I grabbed my bags. I went to Atimpoku. Four o'clock, nothing. Five o'clock, nothing. Six o'clock, nothing. And because I was expecting John, my eyes were glued to the road. 
Then by about 6.15, I saw John He came and passed by. Oh! I was going to Hohwe. John was going to Hohwe. He would drop me in the house. I just finished the fast. I was tired and weak. And here my bags. And John has passed. I grabbed the bags. I started chasing John! 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 Sorry! So everybody started helping me to stop John. I was running. You know, Pastor. John didn't hear anything. He got to the Adomi Bridge toll booth. He was paying the toll. And my, my bags, my, I was sweating and, I, and people were shouting and everybody, John! John! Then one of the policemen told him that somebody is chasing your car. Then he said, Ah! Pastor! Then he stopped. I fell into the car. The power of expectation. If you are not expecting God, He passes by you. You can't get Him again. There are many reasons why a lot of us miss many things in life. Because you are not expecting it. If you read the Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. Ten of the spies who went to the promised land said, we are not able to go. Ten spies who went and saw the promised land. They came back and said, look, we were like grasshoppers in the eyes of the people. We can't go to this land. Number chapter 13 from verse 33. Yes. And there we saw the Nephilim. Nephilim. The Nephilim are the giants of those days. The sons of Anak. Yes. Who come from the Nephilim. Yes. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. Ha. And so we seemed to them. We began to see ourselves like grasshoppers. Have you ever seen a grasshopper before on the ground? And we entered their eyes. And we could see ourselves like they were seeing us as grasshoppers. Then, let's read verse 28. Verse 28 has this to say. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. You know, life is such that many things happen. When you start life, you are full of hope, excitement. The way, these people, the way they left Egypt, they marched like this and marched out of Egypt. To, yeah. 
And when at the Red Sea, God put the Egyptians into the Red Sea and killed them. Ha! Miriam, she went for a tambourine. And all the ladies, because he's good and his mercy shall endure. The Lord is a man of war. God is a man of war. Now they are like grasshoppers. I want to tell you that your life is from your expectations. The way you see things determines how you talk to people, how you relate to people, how you go to school, how you act in the office, and you treat your in-laws, how you treat your husband. It depends on your expectation. But Joshua and Caleb, they said, we we will go into this land. Because God is able to take us into the land. And God waited, listened. Then in verse 28, well, we can read verse 28 and 29 of chapter 14. He Amen. said, chapter 14, verse yes. 28 and 29. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I'll do to you. I, I tell people that the Bible is a big book. Whenever you are reading the Bible and you come across as I live, I live. God never dies. God never dies. He knows you will be tired. If every time God is saying, I swear, I swear. So, because of that, when he wants to swear, he says, as long as I live. <laughs> Finish. As long as I am alive. And God doesn't die. So, it means he has sworn. That's the end. Anytime you are reading the Bible, you come across, as I live. Stop. Because God is swearing that as long as I am alive as God, this thing will not happen the way you think. And he said, what you say in my hearing, I will do to you. As for me, I want to have only two children. When I have many children, they'll be troubling me. When in the third pregnancy, you're having problem, it's not anything, your mouth. You see? And it is because of the way you suffered in the first pregnancy. So your, your expectation affects your attitude. Your attitude affects your action. Listen. We serve a God. Ephesians 3.20 says, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think or imagine. I don't know the verse. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. Hey! Please, let's all read it first. Go. Now to him 
who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Look, this 40 days, you thought you had plenty. You haven't done anything. You haven't asked him. The Bible is saying that our God is able to do far, 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 far more abundantly above all that we ask or think. Whenever I'm happy, I tell stories. My father was very rich. He had a lot of stores. And my stepmother was in charge of one of the shops of Mr. John Mensah. And her first daughter, my eldest sister, died when she was bringing forth. So the daughter of that first daughter of hers, she treasured her like gold. Because that's the mother. I mean, you don't understand. We call her Yawa. So, during the holidays, Yawa came to have, spend her holidays with us. And it was time for Yawa to go back to school. So, we call her Enna. My sister is in the room, so. So, Enna said, Yawa, look around the shop. Anything you want, take for school. So, Yawa went up, went down, went up and down and picked a few pencils and said, I've finished. And, and I said, You are a proverb. You've come to John Mensah's store and they say, take anything you like and you take a few pencils. And plaster. And plaster. Thank you. My wife remembers the story. And plaster. And you are satisfied. 40 days fast. <laughs> 40 days fast. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that we ask or think. Many of us our lives have been reduced to what to eat, the dress to put on, how to pay school fees and electricity bills. Satan has humbled you in such a way that your expectation in life is just to be able to get something to eat. The elephants don't pray for food. The birds of the air, they don't fast for food.
Why? They have a heavenly father who knows they eat. But you don't have that. How can you reduce your life to just the ordinary things of life when your God is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above all that you ever ask or think. Last Sunday, my wife testified about our new car. Our old car was giving us problems. The day I came and preached at Brother Kinsley's brother's funeral, when I was going back, the car refused to move. So I had to park it there for, uh, assuming some junior to come and tow, and etc. So my sister and my wife and my daughter, I said that they all begged me that, Pastor, let's be praying for a new car. I said, me? I will never pray for a car. Look at the new car I have. This is the fourth car in Ghana that was handed over to me. I didn't pay personal. This is the fourth car. I would never pray for car until I die. Why? I have a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that I ask or think. And he knows I need a car. When I have a car, I don't use, I don't drive my car to go and visit friends. I don't drive my car to beer bars and pubs. I never do that. God knows that when I have a car, I use it for his work. If he won't give me a car, it's left to him. I won't pray for a car. And that's not the only thing. Food. When my wife is talking about food, about, I, I have passed that place. Now I'm praying for countries. I'm praying for unreached people groups and tribes. That's where I am. Because we have a God who is able to do far above all that you ever you know, even if you were to say ask I will stop the sermon. Then all we ask all things. He says even when you are thinking it's a prayer. When you are thinking it's a prayer. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says that God has given us exceedingly precious and great, very great promises. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Precious, very great promises. God doesn't lie. Numbers 23, 19. He says God is not a man to lie. He's not the son of man to repent. Will he say something? He won't do it. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says God that cannot lie. But on top of that, he gave us exceeding great 
and precious promises. You, you haven't finished it. Yeah. Why? Once again, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Why? Why did he give us the promises? By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. God's promises are real. They are concrete. They are bigger than money in the bank of Ghana. But God's promises are, are stronger than the government of Ghana signing a check for you. The exceeding great and precious promises are for you so that it can change your state. You will become partaker of the divine nature. Have you done anything about them? Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Philippians 4.13 Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm just trying to inform you that expectation in this life is hinged on exceeding precious great promises of God. And he is able to do far more abundantly than anything you ever ask or think. When I was a young man, I wrote down 50 things I want to do before I die. One of them is, I want to write 6,001 books. When Moses heard it, he laughed. He said, Daddy, why? Because Everybody who hears it thinks I'm not serious. I said I want to establish a Bible college. I said that I want to train Bible teachers, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and you know, which one have I left out? Apostles. I, I want to train world class people like that before I die. I told God that I want to, to be able to have a school for training people in marriage counseling. I want to train people in doing wonders, signs, miracles. Jaw-breaking miracles. I, I want to have a school for that before I die. I put 50 things down. I want to have a Bible college for church planting and plant churches all over the world. One of the things I put down is that before I die, I want to be like Jesus. When people see me and they pass by me, they won't meet Jesus again. I wrote down on the paper that before I die, I want to finish world evangelism. I told them in Hokwe that I want to break the backbone of world evangelism. I want to preach until white men from all over the world, we have an aeroplane park in Hokwe and they will come and listen to my sermon. I, I, I put them down because my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think. If he is such a great God, you insult him by asking small things. You know, Joshua, Adam's father was my classmate. He was sitting in front of me in the classroom. Then one day I knelt down. I said, I beg you. 
He said, what is it? I said, I want a pencil. He said, I will slap you. You want pencil from me? Do you kneel down? 40 day fast. What have you asked God? What are you searching for from God? The angels look at it and they are like, ah, it's an insult, you know, to call uh, President Nana Akufuado. Kring, 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 kring. Say, Nana, uh, please, praise the Lord. Uh, can you give me the phone number of Baumia? I mean, you are wasting the president. You have access to the president. The, the president of Ghana. You are asking for somebody's mobile phone number. Forty days fast. Forty days fast. The power of expectation. Your expectations affect how you pray. Your expectations affect how you talk. Your expectations affect the kind of company you keep. Your expectations affect how you live your life, how you dress. Your expectations, they affect everything. But that brings me to number two. How do I act to line up with my expectation? You know, there was a church member who told me that, Pastor, next year by this time, if I don't have a husband, I'm leaving the church. Because I'm growing. I must have a child. So, when we had the, the 31st December, she came and said, Pastor, the husband has not come. From January, she left the church. By May, she was pregnant. After five months, she died. We couldn't bury her because she left the church. It was the Yabo Yabo people at Peve who buried her. <clears throat> Expectations and how to line up with them. Faith brings forth expectations. But expectations bring forth attitudes and actions. When David was facing Goliath, the way Goliath was, I mean, for 40 days, nobody among the soldiers of Israel could look at his face. The Bible says every morning he would come. Then he walk tum, 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 with his armor bearer. He said, are you not servants of King Saul? Come, bring a man to fight me. If he kills me, Philistines will be your servants. If I kill him, then you will serve us. Tum, 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 tum. 
And all the soldiers ran away. Then David was not a soldier. He was a shepherd. And he came to visit his brothers and collect their dirty clothing. Then he heard Goliath. He said, ah, who is that bolo bolo, an uncircumcised man? You see? Who is that? Who is defying the armies of the Lord? And he said, even if he hears you now, he'll kill you. They said, ah, long story short, the news got to King Saul that somebody is even asking if it's possible to go and fight him. Saul quickly brought his armor. He said that David should put it on. So that, David said, no. I can't go in this armor. In this life, there are certain people you have a good expectation. But the armor you are putting on, you can never win in it. So, he put down the armor and went and took five stones. He needed only one out of the five. You know the story. He positioned himself and then he released the stone. And God beat the stone down and then beat it up and slapped it and slapped the side of the stone. And the Bible says the whole Goliath was made of iron. The only place was where he lifted the vizier to see who is that dog who is coming. But that small plane of fire! Expectations need attitudes. They need actions to carry them. So, you can see that I mean, people like Abraham when God told him that he should come and kill his son Isaac, he looked left and right and said, no. I'll do it. I won't even tell my wife. Because if I tell her, I'll spoil the thing. And after he got the child back, the Bible says that it was because he believed in the resurrection that God was able to raise him up. I can continue telling you the stories. But my point is, the enemies of Jesus believed him more when Jesus said he would rise from the dead than his apostles. So the enemies went and told Pilate that, look, when this deceiver was alive, he said that on the third day I will rise up. Send soldiers to go and guard the tomb so that he won't get up. Yeah, that is an attitude an action matching the expectation. This takes time. It takes 
thinking through. It takes meditation so that you can position yourself that this is my expectation. Because of that, I am going to do this and this and this. I'm going to speak like this. I'm going to act like this. I'm going to use my last Bible verse. Paul was going to die. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he said that, And to me now is laid up the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved is appearing. This is a man who was in prison, but he did not only conquer this world. He, he could look into the world to come, have an expectation of a prize and award-giving day, and prepare for it on this earth. Brothers and sisters, these 40 days, for those of you who carry the load, is a rare opportunity because the whole church is fasting. And even if you have never fasted before, this is an opportunity to fast. Sometimes you have never fasted 40 days because when people say 40 days, they say, yeah, I will die. You know, but you hear in the Bible that Jesus fasted 40 days. Moses fasted 40 days, 40 days. 80. Elijah, he fasted 40 days. And all those who appeared at the transfiguration, the, the key to the transfiguration was 40 days fast. You don't come there. What are you coming to do there? So, don't waste this fast. Don't waste it. But now, we have finished. But, your expectation can win. You know, some testimonies, you don't share them openly. But a tailor told me that, Every month, you sew one political suit for me. Why do I pray for dress? I will never pray for dress until I die. Shoo, I won't pray until I die. There are certain things I cannot pray for. Why? Because there are bigger things to pray for in this life. Look at your list, which you have put before God. Look at your list. This is what you are asking from God. Look at it. If you are feeling shy... Write a new one and slap the old one with it. And tell God, I'm sorry. Are you with me? And from this fast, we have finished the fast. I'm not saying you should go for another fast again. But you can change your expectation. You can get up every morning 
and say certain things to God. And for the rest of your life, see what will happen. And if you are a young man or young woman here, when we close, go and sit down. Write 50 things you want to do before you die. Just write them down. Write them down. When you like, take it, pray. Say, God, do you remember? Then put it back. God, do you remember? Put it down. You are not too old. Even right now, I'm adding some more things. Yes. Because as long as I am alive. Okay. I think I can close with a testimony. When I was in Hohoe, you know, I normally fast before my birthday. So my 30th birthday, I fasted. Then I had a dream. And I saw the moon and it was broken into two. And when I woke up, I understood. God was telling me that half your life is gone. I said, hey, then I have only 30 years. I have to be serious. So, when I was 57, I fell sick. I was so ill that, I mean, whenever I came to church, it was clear that I was going. And those days, whenever I'm speaking, I will tell the people, whether I'm dead or alive, do this. Whether I'm dead or alive, do this. Then I went to London. And one night, I ended up at the hospital. I, I was so sick that the doctors would come and show the medical students that this is a case of somebody who is dying. Tell me that. My wife, and though you have to put on gloves and wrap before you come and visit me. When I get up to go and poo-poo, I, one day, I poo-poo like 11 times. Sometimes before I reach the crowd, everything is coming out. And I told myself, what I can do for God, I've done. I'm dying. He is calling me home. I stopped praying because he had told me that he gave me only 60 years. Now I'm 57. So, yeah, I stopped praying. Then Brother Freeman came. He came with the wife. And he said, Pastor Mensa, even if you don't want to be alive because of yourself, because of us, you have to be alive. I don't know why God used that to just pierce me. So for the first time, during the sickness, I started praying that God, let me be alive. Can you imagine? Immediately I started saying the blood of Jesus. I saw, you know, rings like this, uh, wristwatch rings coming out of my liver. Coming. I said, then it's the devil. It's not God who wants me to die. So the blood of Jesus rebuke you. The blood of Jesus rebuke you. I saw women leaving me with red stockings, 
end. They were running away. They were falling down on the stairs. The next morning, I was climbing the stairs. I fell at the same place I saw. I said, ah, that is the devil who wants to kill me. The blood of Jesus rebuke you. Hey, the blood. Within two days, they got a small tablet for me. And when I swallowed it, I was discharged. It is already 12 years now. I'm preaching. I'm shouting. I share it with you because I myself expected that I was going to die. So I didn't pray. I wasn't praying to be alive until somebody told me that. You have to live. Then I said, ah. Then I started praying and I saw that it wasn't God who was calling me. It was just the devil. There are some things in your life you have accepted them because you are now used to it. And you are sure that, oh, it's God who wants me to be like that. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that you ask. Shall we be on our Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Men's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensministries.org. God bless you.